This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. You're part of something far greater than yourself. So those of you that are here today with us and those of you who are online, so happy that we are here together today to know that we are part of something far greater than ourselves. Now, when I was in Kenya, and many of you don't know this, this is how Pastor Tom and I started in 19, what was it, 79? No, 81, 1981. This is what we looked like in 1981. This, we haven't changed. And it was just a few years ago. We started like this, the ministry. Then after so many years, you know, of course we had some children. We ended up with five children and we have four grandchildren. And I have so glad to have my son Jonathan here with us this morning, or well, he's been with us for a while and he's gonna be with us some more. But it is so wonderful to have a family like that. But what's just as wonderful is to have a family like this. And that's just Borrowdale at this point. So, uh, you know, recently, well, well recently, <laughs> and when I met Pastor Tom, you know, I didn't know that I was coming to Africa. I didn't want to come to Africa. I didn't want to be a missionary. But uh, when I met him, I wanted to serve God. Three days we were engaged, three months we were married, two weeks we were in Africa, six months we started the church, and we've been going ever since. And we say, don't do that. Don't do as we did, do as we say. Now, many of you know that, but you need to be reminded, and you need to tell your children, do not do what Pastor Tom and Bonnie did. However, God had a call on the man's life. I followed the call, and here we are today, and you are part of that. Had we not have done that, where would you be sitting? Somewhere else? I don't know. But I've been on several radio and TV interviews lately, and they always say, tell us about Pastor Bonnie. Now, how do you do that? So, some of you may not know, but I begin the story by telling them that I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. My dad was an alcoholic, he was very abusive. My mom was seriously depressed, clinically depressed. I saw my dad hold a knife to my mom's throat to try to kill her. He kept a gun in the door by the door because he wanted to shoot intruders and he didn't like people of color. He didn't like Catholics and he didn't like Democrats. If you were one of those, and <laughs> I married a man who was studying to be a Catholic priest. My stepdad was a Democrat and I ended up in Africa. I defied the odds, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, um, he would wake us up in the middle of the night to clean the house because he, want, he was drunk. He was uh, always drunk, and he would come home in the middle of the night drunk, and he would wake us up, my sister and I, when we were little, and we had to clean the house in the middle of the night because he didn't like what he found. So it was just very dysfunctional. I grew up in fear. I grew up scared all the time. People thought I was deaf and dumb because I didn't speak. I was too afraid to speak. And my sister as well, that he wanted boys, and he got two girls, and... Uh, Still called me a boy. Today, I guess that's popular. <laughs> it wasn't then. And my mom eventually remarried because he uh, left us and they got divorced and he abandoned us saying he didn't want anything to do with us because we were um, going to hinder his future. So we grew up very scattered, my sister and I. And then my mom remarried and he, she married a juvenile judge. Now, 
he was a really nice man. We had to move cities, we had to move towns, but what happened is he took me to piano lessons, he took me to voice lessons, he took me to drum and bugle corps lessons. He was amazing in that way. He paid for everything and he was the mom's taxi. He was great, not connected emotionally, but I wouldn't be singing today probably if it wasn't for him. And so I'm very grateful to that. However, he was a judge, he needed elections. So at re-election time, when I was in high school, my sister and I used to have to knock door to door and ask for votes from my dad. We would always get into trouble because there was always somebody he'd put in jail. There was always somebody whose child he'd put in jail. There was always somebody, or we'd, we'd open the, we'd knock on a door and there'd be a drunk man who'd see two young girls and he'd say, <laughs> come in. So we had a very eventful time helping my dad win re-election. But what happened is I was asked to go to a religious leaders meeting, a religious meeting, a, a revival kind of thing in town. And my dad said, please go sing there. Uh, I need some votes from the Jesus freaks. So I went to this, uh, <laughs> I, I went to this thing and I sang and it was great. It was okay. And then a guest speaker got up. She was Miss America from Kansas in uh, earlier, earlier years. She was tall, she was beautiful, she could play the piano, that's how she won. She had a child now, she had a baby, she had, uh, I mean a husband, <laughs> she had a husband and a child. She went uh, all over the world, she traveled, she had fame, she had fortune, she was amazing. And then she said, I had all this, but I had a void in my life. I wasn't happy. And only Jesus could fill that void. And I looked at her and I went, eee. If she needs Jesus, <laughs> what do I need? Heish, my one. So I said, listen, uh, afterwards I went and I got born again and I've never been the same since. I have pursued God and I ended up here in Africa following the call of God just because of Miss America, hallelujah. So I'm really happy. Yeah, let's praise God for that opportunity. So I found my passion, I found my purpose, and in uh, Isaiah 43:21, Isaiah 43:21, the people I formed for myself shall declare my praise. You know that scripture? You know that scripture? Yeah, I finally found my purpose. It wasn't because of any other thing than I realized I was created by God to praise Him. And my passion in life is to make sure you know that. You were created by God to praise Him. Now, when we went to Kenya, we found out that a lot of people didn't know what it is that they were, how they were supposed to praise God. So what I want you to do, in fact, I need a couple of volunteers. I need, I need some volunteers. Any volunteers here? I need, do I have some? Oh, uh-huh. The men in suits, the men in black. Hallelujah. This needs to go off. This needs to go off. Where's the chair? Chair for God. Chair for God. So I need some volunteers because I want to show you, and many of you have seen this. Many of you have seen this, but you don't know or haven't done this before. That Okay, um, this guy. 
You be God. Get on that chair. He obeys instructions very well. Thank you very much. Um, Adam and Eve. (laughs) In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he made Adam and Eve. You see, they were in the glory, the presence of God. They were, as many of you have seen in this skit before, and you will see it again and again and again and again. Tell your neighbor, because wisdom is pounded in. Just pound their head. Hey, you're going to get it this time. So, they lived in the presence of God. Now, Pastor Taz. (laughs) Devil. No. He's the one who supports Manchester United. Okay, so there was the devil. Okay, so Adam, I mean devil, was very jealous because he was in the presence of God in the beginning. He was in the presence of God and he knew what it was like to be in the glory. I want to ask you this. Where was the fish made to live? Yeah? Where was the tree made to live? Where was man made to live? In the presence of the Lord. In the glory of the Lord. In his Kabod. That's where we were made to live. And you will see. Now, this guy had been kicked out of that. And he was jealous. And he was going to do everything he could to make sure it dis- was dismantled. So, he decided to tempt Eve. Now, notice, when God created Adam, we didn't hear about this guy. But when he created Eve, we heard about him immediately because she was so powerful. Yeah? So he knew he had to get rid of her. Hey. So he went after her with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the selfies, the boastful pride of life. Mm -hmm. And so she took and she took selfies, she partook, and she shared with the husband. Now notice, God told him that he was not supposed to eat, I mean, use a cell phone. (laughs) He didn't tell her all the details, you know, he was the headlines, guys. That's still a problem today. We just hear the headlines. He got the headline, she got the headline, so she wasn't able to answer him properly. She, (laughs) she then, partook, gave of him, and stupid, he ate. And what happened immediately, the glory departed, and they found out they were naked. Don't take your clothes off. I saw you doing funny things, so here, here. So they were here, and they were naked. 
and then. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something very interesting about this scenario. What happened to them is when they came out of the presence like a fish out of water and a tree out of soil, they began to die. Adam was, I think in their 900 something years old, um, they, they lived and now we're living 70. I think we kind of declined because we are not living in the breathing and breathing the presence of God as you will see. But what happened is when they began out of the garden, then came their sons that sin entered, entered the world. Now I want to tell you, okay, husbands and wives, do you love her? You do? Are you sure? <laughs> Does he love you? He better. Yeah. <laughs> he better. <laughs> um, tell her you love her. Is that convincing? No, no, listen. With intimacy, only with intimacy will you see fruit. Do you have any children? Do you have children? Yes, three. Three. You know, God is everywhere, but His manifest presence is not everywhere. He is everywhere, but His manifest presence, His glory is not everywhere, which is what we are supposed to do corporately, which is what He has asked us to do to enter into the glory of God that we will see and know His manifest presence, that He can act and move on our behalf and give us the fruit of our lives. That's called intimacy. Now, if a husband and wife are not intimate, there is no fruit. Now, show us, excuse me, show us how to love your wife. You see, now, we got kicked out of the glory of God, but God had a plan. It broke his heart that we were like this, that we are like this, and that we have been like this. So he sent, I'm going to use you. You look good. He sent Jesus. And Jesus said in John 17, Father, the glory you have given me, the glory you've given me, I have given them. That they may be one as we are one. The glory has been returned to us. The manifest presence has been returned to us. The life has been returned to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I need eight volunteers here. Seven, eight, eight volunteers. I need seven volunteers. Hmm? No, stand right up here. How many is that? Can you guys count? How many is that? One, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that right? Okay, just move over a little bit. Everybody move two steps this way. Okay, now here's what you need to understand. Okay. In the beginning, God formed Adam. Where is the devil? Right here. <laughs> yeah. And he's proud of it. <laughs> so God formed. But then the devil came, and what did he do? Misinform. And then we became uninformed, malformed, deformed, and we conformed to that malformed, deformed, malformed, uninformed, misinformed. We conform to that. Let me ask you, how are we conformed? We've conformed. We have conformed, and how have we done that? of the toilet. Now, why do we want to do that? I don't know about you. You're closer to my age than most. Did you ever see people going in a photo? Why? Because you become what you behold. You've seen so many people do it, you think that's what you're supposed to do. Hey, look at your neighbor. Have you stuck your lips out lately? You see, so, because of that, now we have some very challenges. But God has called us to be Transformed by what? By what? By the renewing of our mind that we may be and know his good and acceptable will and be reformed back to the way God originally intended so that we can honor and glorify him and build the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 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 So God reformed us through Jesus Christ and transformed us back to this way. So now we can live and breathe in the spirit of the holy God. Amen. Let's give our volunteers a hand. Thank you.
Hallelujah. So now what I want to ask you though in the whole picture, how does God see this? How does God see this? So I want you to look at the video on the screen and I want to ask you, how does God see this? The mature sons of God are led by their spirit. If you know how to praise God, He will protect you. Stand up. Sacrifice. Be bold. Be strong. Don't be afraid. God wants your emotion for Him. He created you like that because He wants it. We have misinformation, malformation, and deformation. And it's time to get back to how God sees things. You are responsible. God wants you to be responsible. You can ruin it. You can destroy it. You can thwart it. Or you can be empowered to do it. You see, we were created to praise and worship God. And, and if we don't, if you don't praise and worship God, you're going to praise and worship something else no matter what, because your brain was made to do that. If you don't drink water, you will drink something else. His presence. your devotion to him. Okay. Are we church A or church B? church A in the back in the middle in the front but how many of you want to be church B to realize that is what God wants the issue is how does God see this how does God see this you serve God how many of you serve God how many of you know what he wants if you have a wife and she wants chocolates and you keep giving her flowers do you know how excited she's going to be about that? No, you give the person that you want to love what they want. Hey, not what you think they should have. God wants your devotion. He wants your hands raised. He wants your feet to move. He wants your singing. He wants your songs. He surrounded us with songs of deliverance. We have to sing them. But we have to know that. Otherwise, we just go, oh, whatever. God knows my heart. 
You know how deceitful your heart is? I'd love to show you that video clip of how horrible your heart is. Your heart is deceitfully wicked, the Bible says. But he wants your total being, spirit, soul, and body. So there is a, Jesus said in John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you know what truth is? It's the word. It's Jesus. It's the word. The truth is he gives you a prescription as to how to worship. But most people don't do it that way. They do it according to culture, tradition. They do it according to what they feel like. But there's two times to praise God. When you feel like it and when you don't. So there's acceptable and unacceptable worship. Hebrews 12, 28. You see, the Bible's our word. He gave us his word. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and godly fear. Reverence and godly fear. With reverence. How many of you know what reverence means? <laughs> there are certain music styles. They are not reverent. There are certain dress styles. They are not reverent. There are certain attitudes. They're not reverent. God wants us to be what? Everybody say that word. Do you know what that word means? Look at your neighbor. Do you know what reverent is? Reverent. We've lost reverence in the church. And it's any old how. Anyway, I'd love to preach an hour and a half on that one. But I want to tell you that the verse indicates that there is acceptable worship and unacceptable worship. There must be unacceptable if there's acceptable. So in Exodus 25, listen to this. See that you make them, and Jesus is, is God saying, see that you make them. The, he's talking about the furniture in the temple, the tabernacle, that after the pattern for which is being shown to you on the mountain. So God has a specific prescriptive way of worship. It hasn't changed. God never changes. We're not using, he's not living in a box, he's living in you. But he has a way, he wants you to worship him. We see God's displeasure and judgment on those who attempted to offer worship God didn't command. Remember when Cain gave his offering of worship? God didn't accept that because it wasn't what he prescribed. It's what Cain thought. There is an incident of a golden calf. Strange fire was being offered. It's what they thought, what they wanted, but God didn't accept it. God rejected Saul's non-prescribed worship also in 1 Samuel 15, you can read that. And the rejection of the Pharisaical worship according to the tradition of the elders in Matthew 15. So, this is the time that God wants us to worship in spirit and truth. So we're offering truth today because God also wants a corporate body. You can go home and worship in your closet, but he has a way for the corporate body to worship to be one voice, one sound, one heart, one mind. So I wanna show you in God's perspective what this looks like. Now we have the outer court and we have the inner court and we have the Holy of Holies. And there is a way, in order to get to the Holy of Holies, you have to come into the outer court and go into the inner court and then get to the Holy of Holies. The problem is, so many of us only stay 
in the outer court. But I'll give you an example. Our God is good. Our God is great. Our God is awesome. He's awesome in this place. Our God is good. Our God is great. Our God is awesome. He's awesome in this place. And that is a great place to be. But we move on to the inner court. Your love is like a fountain ever flowing, ever clean, washing me with new beginnings, ever faithful, ever clean. Now, you know what happens so often. We either stay in the outer court or the inner court. Very few times do we move into the Holy of Holies. And this is where God will manifest His presence, manifest His glory, give you what you want, where you have fruit in your lives, where there is the fruit of the Spirit. That's where the husband and wife have children. That is what it's all about. And so, it looks like this. The Spirit of God is going to hover and manifest. And so often we just end up here because we want to have a good time. We're just chilling with our friends. We're in the presence of the Lord, we think. And hey, He is everywhere. But His actual manifest presence is only here. This is where we're going to find healing. This is where we're going to find life. 
This is where we want to go as a church, as a, as a body of believers. We want to go here because this is the place where God has called us to live like the fish in the water and the tree in the soil. He's called us to live in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give our volunteers a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you. So now, I want you to turn with me in your real Bibles to Isaiah 42, 43, 21. I want you to see it. I want you to memorize it. I want it forever to never, ever leave your lips or your heart or your life because this is the purpose that you were created for. Hallelujah. And the scripture reads, and a little bit different in each version, but the people I formed for myself shall declare my praise. You were created by God to praise him. And that declare is actually out of your mouth. Praise is a, not a suggestion. It is not an option. It is a command. And you know, in this day and age, we resist and it's been, we've been conditioned to resist any command, any instruction because of grace and mercy. We've misunderstood the theology of grace and mercy. But now, we know God has called us. And I want to tell you something really exciting. The letters used in the spelling of the sacred name of Yahweh are in fact the only consonants that if you correctly pronounce them, they do not allow you to use your tongue or close your lips. That is Yahweh. It is the only one, and there should be a screenshot here, that if you pronounce it, correct and pronounce it, they, you do not use your tongue or your lips. Yud hey vav hey. And it's pronounced like this. Yeah. So, the reality is, every breath you take is saying the name of God. Yahweh. Yahweh. When you're born and you come into this world, the first thing you do is, <gasps> when you die, you don't have to say a prayer or worry about that because your last breath is God's name. So say it together. That is God's name. Yahweh. It's inhalation and exhalation. And again, it's the one thing you've done constantly since you were born. Yahweh. So God created our breath for Him. He created our voice for Him. He created our feet for Him. He created our hands for Him. 
And that is my passion today. We are going to have a manifest presence because of our hands, because God has created those hands to worship Him. He didn't create those hands to feed your face only. He didn't create those hands to slap your neighbor. We might as well give him a punch and wake him up, make sure they are awake. <gasps> he created them to worship Him. But as you know, as we saw in the skit, Satan is a perverter. Satan is a liar. Satan wanted to deceive the whole, the Bible says, deceives the whole earth. So he has taken almost everything God has and he has used it for himself, including the lifting up of our hands for the world, for culture, for society, anything but for God. So I want you to watch this clip and see how he did it. And I remember right before I performed, I raised my hands up and it was kind of the first time I, I felt something else come into me. I've seen this before and whatever you put your hands up to you worship but you need to see this again and again and again because like I said repetition is the mother of skill and in the Hebrew if you want to emphasize a point you don't raise the volume you repeat Jesus said verily verily I say unto you he was constantly repeating things over and over again not with volume but with repetition so if you say, ah, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, and you're going to hear it again. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Do not grow weary in repetition. And so that is what the world knows. Media puts it in front of you all the time, over and over and over again, until you believe what you see and you don't even know why you're believing something. How much more we should do with God. So in putting our hands up, my passion to study and understand what did God want. I wanted to know how did God want me to worship Him. So I found seven Hebrew words when I was studying that showed the, was translated into one word praise. And they all had a different meaning. I was surprised. And so that's what I want to share with you today. And I, I'm going to share with you two Hebrew words, well, maybe three. And, um, maybe a Greek one, but the other words are all in my book, The Great Connection. How many of you have read this book? How many of you have not? And like I said before, if I could, I would shut those doors and say, you're not leaving here till you buy a book. And I would say, if I wasn't me, hey, 
That's one of the best books on praise and worship you'll ever read. But I am me. And it still is the best praise and worship book you might ever read. <laughs> and that's what I want you to know is the information, all the years of study I've done so that you can worship in spirit and in truth, in understanding. Amen. I love you. Now you see, the very first word, and, and hey, if you have read my book, tell somebody else what it's all about. It is about like a, like a um, what do you call it, a, an allegory. It's like a story. You can read it to your children. I really still want to make a movie out of it one day. Anyway, the first Hebrew word is yada. And you know that? How many of you know yada? How many of you don't? Wait, 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 wait. Put your hands down. Put your hands down. How many of you don't know yada? Raise your hands. You lie. Yad is hand, ah to God. And it literally means to wave the hands before the Lord. It's like to throw at, to throw away. We're throwing our love to the Lord, to revere and worship. And the scripture, one of the scriptures, there's so many scriptures. If you look at the Hebrew of the praise that says, the people shall yada you. One of them is Psalm 45. The people shall yada you forever and ever. Now, how much do you yada God? So when I say yada, what do I mean? Everybody yada? Everybody yada. In fact, stand up. Please. <laughs> okay, hands up. And everybody, yada. Everybody. Now, if you can capture that on, this, on the jib, look how beautiful that looks that everyone is doing it. Hey, and what is so surprising, can you come around the other way, show the back, turn it around and show the back of them, people. Okay, yada, yada. There you go. It's so beautiful. That's the wind of God. That's what God sees. That's what he likes. Put your hands down. Look how boring you look. You see, we go to, we go to a ball game and we get so excited. We go to a, a, have you been to ball games? Hey, who's been to a ball game? What do you do at a ball game? You shout and go what? Yeah. Have you ever been to a concert? What do you do? There you go. Have you ever been to a nightclub? <laughs> what were you doing in a nightclub? I hope you got that on camera. You see, we go and we're uninhibited for everything else, but we come to church. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Hi, Susie. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other Jib, 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 come this way. I want you to look that way. Pull the Jib as far up as you can and then look away. Listen, from here, I can see you 
when we do worship. I see who is going and who's praising. I see it. And you don't think so. If I see it, how much more does God see you? And you think you're hiding in a crowd? Are you kidding? You are so obvious, it's not funny. So instead of singing, Holly, <laughs> I went to this one church and they were all singing. Instead of that intimacy of, of uh, worship, it was, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I said, Nyarara. Let God sing. <laughs> Let God speak to you. And what about Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. You see the difference. Now you're exactly the same. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, worship God's way. Okay, the second Hebrew word is tauda. Everybody say tauda or toda. Tauda, toda. And it literally is to extend the hands by implication, adoration, acquire worshipers, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of praise. Again, two times of praise God when you feel like it and when you don't. There's no excuse. Hands up, like we're talking. Listen, 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 Linda. Listen, if somebody came and was going to rob you and put a gun to your back, what would you do? Hey, it's called surrender. This is not surrender. Hey, surrender, sacrifice. It's exactly what Jonah did when he was in the belly of the whale. He was in the belly of the whale full of... Um, digestive juices full of seaweed full of uh, dead fish or whatever he had he stink and he gets up and he goes the Bible says he gave thanksgiving and he praised which is the sacrifice and the power of God was so strong <laughs> the fish couldn't handle it and spit him out are any of you in that kind of stink today some of you have some challenges. In this country, we have challenges. It is a miracle you're still here. It's a miracle you're alive. It's a miracle you got to church. But we can still sacrifice our praise and let God fight the battle for us. Hallelujah. Psalm 34 says, I will barack the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will barack the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Now, um, no, that was barack. Psalm 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his gates with tauda, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Now, the Hebrew word that I want to ask you or tell you about, barack, is actually barak. Everybody say barak. And it means to kneel to bless God as an act of adoration. 
And it is the next th sta phase to worship. Because Psalm 34 says, I will barack the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. When you see or hear, read the word in Hebrew, it's the word shaka. Worship is shaka in Hebrew. And it means to depress, to do homage to God, to bow down, to beseech, to have reverence. Proskuneo is in Greek, and it is worship. So when you see the word worship, you'll see proskuneo in Hebrew, or in Greek, shaka in worship, and some of the praise barak. And that always means on your knees. So when we say, I will bless the Lord at all times, we're actually saying, I will kneel to the Lord at all times. Proskuneo means with or face to face. And it means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Any of, had any of you have a dog? Does it get excited when it sees you? How does it act? Show your neighbor. <laughs> no, don't lick his face. I'm sorry. It's okay. So therefore, when we worship him, really, if you study it, oh, I'm going to tell you this. Do your own research. Do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. I've been studying it for a few years, though. And I have a book. Don't take my word for it. Research how God wants us. I have a son who he's continually praying, continually praising, kneeling every time before he goes to bed, singing songs, singing hymns. It's just so inspiring. You become what you behold. And so you can be the example of the person to the person next to you. See, people say, well, I don't kneel in church. I'm scared to because oh, I don't want to interrupt anybody. I don't want to look out of place. Wait a minute. They're out of place by not worshiping when it's time. So we're going to worship this morning now. And I want all of you because we are corporate the passion is my passion is to get the corporate body to worship together i want you any of you that want to come forward right now we're going to praise god we are going to lift our hands because that is the main thing to get those hands up and i want us to no, not be ashamed not be afraid and we're going to see the manifest presence of the lord thanks for listening for more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.